0: You took my shame, you made a way Hi friends, my name is Christy Duff and I have a passion for the Word of God. I've seen the way that a daily dose of the One Year Bible has changed my life and I know that it can change, affect, and impact every day we live. Well, I have just been loving the one year Bible this week. And since I still really have no idea what I'm doing in my podcast, I am just so grateful for beautiful and amazing things like the life of Abraham and the Sermon on the Mount to talk about, and it's just been such a deep and rich time wandering through the scriptures this week. And there was this little part in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, in the end of chapter five, where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says there, if you just love those who love you, or if you just greet those who greet you. And my version says, what is extraordinary about that? And that phrase has just stuck with me for days, where Jesus just says, What is extraordinary about that? And we are not on this earth and in this life to live an ordinary life, to walk an ordinary walk, to have an ordinary day. The whole point of the resurrection of Jesus and the power of our salvation and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Up upon us is so that we have the power of God that enables us to live out that which doesn't come naturally, not that which is ordinary but that which is extraordinary, And I want Jesus to look at our lives and not say, I don't see anything extraordinary about that, but I want him to look at our lives and to see people who are pressing into his presence, who are surrendered to his word, who are not just loving those who love us or loving the ones that come easy to love, but, to live a life that has to be lived by the power of the Holy Spirit because there's just no way that a human being could love that way, that a human being could talk that way, that a human being could live that way. I want Him to look at our lives, I want others to look at our lives and to see that it is lived by the power of God. And that has to be what it is, right? When we're reading the Sermon on the Mount where he's talking about the peacemakers and the one who hunger and thirst after righteousness and the ones who are willing to forgive the ones and pray for the ones who persecute them or make lives difficult for them. It has to be a life that is pressed into the power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise it's just not humanly possible. And I think we see the same idea in the life of Abraham this week. And, you know, I loved it because three times in the last couple of days, God calls Abraham to lift his eyes, to raise his eyes, and to look around. He tells Abraham after his little bout with Lot, and Lot chooses the well-watered plains of Sodom because they reminded him of Egypt, and Abraham's just kind of left with something I would assume that looks a little more dry, a little more barren, a little more like the wilderness. And God comes to Abraham in that moment. And he says, Abraham, look at the land, look all around. I'm giving you every place that your foot steps on and every area that you can see. And then there's a couple of moments too, where Abraham is just a little sad. It seems like because he doesn't have an air and, Isaac hasn't been born yet, and God tells Abraham two times to look at the stars, and he says, count them if you can. And I was thinking about Abraham in comparison to our lives, and just thinking about the fact that sometimes our eyes can get so focused right where we are, can't they? And I actually had, it was kind of an embarrassing story, so sorry to say this, but My husband, Jason was so sweet and he took me shopping and that was my Christmas present and we went down to San Diego and spent the whole day together. And as we were driving back and we were almost at home, all of a sudden my son sent me a picture of my husband and I standing in a coffee shop line in San Diego. And I just said, how did you get this? And he and my youngest just started laughing because They had followed us the entire day. I don't know. They were playing spy or something like that, but they had followed us the entire day. We went to multiple stores, multiple malls. We went out to eat in multiple restaurants. I mean, just an entire day of my kids following me and having no idea that they were around me. And I kept thinking about that when God's telling Abraham to look up, to look up and look around because we can get so focused right where we are and so close-minded, small-minded, small perspective, whatever you want to call it, where we see only our minimal surroundings. But when God calls Abraham to look up, there's a moment where Abraham chooses to look and to see and to dwell on the faithfulness of God. And maybe that was part of what made Abraham a worshiper, because worship comes when we choose to look around and to see the big picture that our God is weaving together. And worship comes when we look up and we see the vast beauty and majesty that the Lord has created, when we remember how small and how finite we are compared to the glory of the heavens and the vastness of the creator of those heavens. And remember how infinite and mighty our God is. And after Abraham raised his eyes and looked at the land, we're told that he found a place to settle. And after Abraham looked up in the sky and maybe tried to count those stars, it says that he put his faith in the promises of God. And it takes looking up to remember that we're living for someone and with someone and for something that is so much greater than ourselves. And if we're going to live out the Sermon on the Mount, if we're going to love the ones who are difficult to love, if we're going to find peace in the middle of the anxious days and make peace in the middle of the difficult ones, if we're going to live a life that is beyond ourselves, then we have to look up. We have to raise our eyes to remember that there is a mightier God who has greater power than the power that is within us. That there is a mighty God who loves us more greatly than we could ever love another human being. And it takes us looking up to remember this mighty and wonderful and vast and powerful God. And there was this little part and Genesis 14 and 15, that struck me this week where where the king of Sodom, and Sodom comes to Abram and he says to him, okay, I'll keep the people and you keep the riches. And Abram just looks at him and he says, no, I don't want you to be able to say that you made Abraham rich. He wanted only God to have credit for the faithfulness of this wild life that Abraham was living of leaving everything that was familiar and secure and developed and going out into the wilderness and then once again choosing to let lot have the greater land and and so this king comes and abram says no i don't want you to take any of the fame, any of the acclamations, any of the responsibility for what God is doing here in my life. But then it says in chapter 15, the very next little section, that God comes to Abraham and he says to him, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm giving you a very great reward. And that part just kind of made me pause and wonder, because here's this man of great faith, and yet God is coming to him, telling him not to be afraid. And I don't know why God would say to Abram, don't be afraid, unless there was a little bit of fear that Abram was struggling with. And I just kind of was wondering this week, was Abraham wondering if he made the right decision to say no to the king of Sodom, to say no to all the wealth and provision and position that this king was desiring to give to him. Was was he wondering if he made the right decision? And so maybe God came to him and said, don't be afraid, Abraham, because Abraham was struggling with a little bit of fear. And so he says to him yet again, Abram, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. Again, getting his eyes off of his situation, off of his circumstances, off of what he felt like the lack was in his life. And just like Jesus also said in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, that we can't be focused on money and still serve God at the same time, because we'll end up loving one and hating the other and serving one and despising the other. And we cannot serve God and money. And maybe God comes to Abram in this moment with a reminder, Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. You might think that you're lacking because you chose me. But look up, look up. I'm the one who created the sky. Look around. I'm the one who rules the land and God comes to Abraham and Abraham just says, well, how can this be seeing that? And he goes on to declare his difficulty. And what I love is that Abraham is a man of faith, but I think it's important for us to remember that faith can still have questions that it doesn't mean if we're wondering or doubting or thinking that we're not men and women of faith, that faith has questions. But the important part is that faith lands with the answer being found in God alone. And faith knows that God will work all things out, even if we don't understand how. And faith knows that we have an all powerful, almighty God, even when we feel powerless and when we feel unmighty or a lack of might in our life. Faith knows that the promises of God will be fulfilled. And that just like Abraham had accepted the the promises of God over the offer of the king of Sodom, that you and I can trust in the promises of God over any promise that any person in this world could ever give us. And I think that we have to know that the promises and the offer and the wealth of the King of Sodom would have come with strings attached. How often have we been in those situations where we think that someone is just giving us something out of their generosity, And yet later they show up to remind us that we owe them. The promises of this world come with strings attached, but the beauty of our almighty God being our exceedingly great reward is that when he fulfills his promise, he puts Abram to sleep. And he keeps all ends of the covenant and he does all ends of the work and he puts Abraham to sleep to remind him and to show us and to be an example that the answers are found in his work in his doing in his goodness in his marvelous ways jesus tells us to worship god alone because our answers are not found in earthly provision or earthly power or earthly possession but our answers alone are found in the presence of god and whether it's us desiring a place to settle or an inheritance from God or desiring to live out the Sermon on the Mount every moment of every power, of every strength in our weakness that we could ever need is found in us raising our eyes and looking around and being reminded that it is our God who is great and not us, that it is our God who is mighty and not us, that it is our God who is worthy of our faith and our trust and that we can find a settling in his goodness and it takes us looking up to live beyond the natural to live beyond the easy to live beyond the ordinary and being in the place where we recognize that in order to live an extraordinary life We have a desperate need of the power of the Holy Spirit that God desires for us to dwell in. And so I pray this week we would have eyes locked in God's enabling faithfulness and that we would live beyond our ordinary means in every extraordinary moment that God desires to give us this week. Thanks for listening and tuning in to the Growing in the Sun podcast. Don't miss out, subscribe, and I'll see you here next time. Let your words burn deep in